I'm thrilled with today's guest. He's a little hungover, so we're going to get you know whatever percent of it, percentage of him we he can give us. But we'll take anything we can get. Mark Norman is one of the hottest comedians around. Uh, just coming off his first Netflix hour special, um, Soup to Nuts, which is brilliant. I recommend it to everybody. It broke about a month ago. He's currently on the You Don't Say Tour. He'll be touring Europe for the first time this September, just coming off of New, New Zealand and Australia. He co-hosts two podcasts. We might be drunk at Tuesdays with Stories. Thanks for being here, Mr. Mark Norman. I appreciate it, man. Wow, Donnie, you nailed that. That was a hell of a rap sheet, and you killed it. There we go. You know, I got to tell you, I just stumbled across you on uh, Instagram a few years ago. You kept coming up on my feed. Usually it's more just kind of large-breasted women and UFC fighting, and you just kind of <laughs> snuck in there. I don't know what happened. Wow, we have a similar uh, page because if you throw Norm MacDonald in, it's the same shit. I, I, see, I got Norm MacDonald in there hey! also. It comes up there, the great Norm MacDonald. Meanwhile, you are on fire, man, and you're like an overnight success after 16 years of killing yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know if I'm a success. You know, I uh, still struggle in a couple markets, if you know what I mean. But uh, yeah, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm just happy to be doing comedy. I used to be a janitor. I'm living the dream. I love that. I'm a former ad guy, and I love that you said that if you weren't in comedy, you'd probably be a copywriter, and you got stung by that beat. You saw a J&B billboard. I remember this campaign. Jingle Bells without the J&B was this whole really cute can. You were like, wow, that's clever stuff. I want to do something like that. I saw that billboard when I was six years old. It blew my mind. I love wordplay. I had joke books on the back of my toilet growing up, and I read them front to back. You know, what does a what does a ghost eat on Halloween? Booberry pie. You know, I mean, right. I live for that shit. So uh, yeah, look, if people always say, "What do you want a sitcom? You want to be in movies?" I don't give a rat's ass about a sitcom. Just let me go perform. Yeah. You and you, what you love about it is it's funny. You talked about how you've pitched a bunch of sitcoms, and just when you're doing scripted stuff, it's just not doesn't work for you. You just need to be up there being you doing comedy, and that's just kind of the formula. Well, I mean, not to sound like a pretentious queef, but <laughs> the beauty of comedy is you can kind of tell the truth and get some shit out and talk about society, but everything written is the opposite of that. You have to act, so you're not being you. I can't act. And then everything has to go through these suits and Jews and anal and all this stuff. And it's uh, <laughs> it's a bummer. It takes all the, the art out of it. That's why Larry David's show is the best show because they leave him alone. Yeah, that's really right. Now, you had a like your hero is, more, is Jerry Seinfeld. And just Jerry, just on doing a Met game, he's a big Met fan a few years ago, 2019, just happens to say, oh, and Mark Norman is one of the real comics you should, you should look out for. He's an up and coming. That must have been a seminal moment for you. That was huge because I was bombing at a club in Buffalo, which sounds like a country song. And I was eating my <laughs> ass up there, dying. And then my phone's blowing up when I get off stage. I'm covered in flop sweat. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed and anxious. And it says like, dude, Jerry's talking about you. And somebody sent me the link. And I went, ah. And it, it, it really is one of those things where if you just keep your head down and keep going, somebody will notice. And uh, luckily, he noticed. It could have been Cosby. That would have been a different, uh, different <laughs> Not plug. So good. Not so good. Not so yeah, good. but a guy I've been watching since I was a kid, so it meant the world to me. And you opened for him, right? Opened for him a couple times, and then COVID hit. We had a whole string of fucked gigs everything on the books. up. Fucked everything up. Yeah, fucked it all up. But uh, I was finally getting some momentum. Seinfeld shouted me out. I did Rogan, 
And then the pandemic hit. So I said, let's put out a special right now. And then those three things were kind of a, an amalgam of things that, that shot me up. You know, it's interesting. I always say in every business, whether you're a business being comedian or an ad guy or a television host, it's not just talent. It's the guys that figure out clever ways to do it. And you were like, it wasn't happening for you. And you're like, fuck it. I'm going to put on my own YouTube special, which got about 12 million views and things happening after that. And, and it's it's not just being good at your craft. It's understanding the game of the craft also. Hmm. Well, I appreciate that. But for me, it was just pure desperation and back <laughs> against a cliff and nobody would buy my special. So I had to put it on YouTube. But now I'm, it was a blessing in disguise. I'm so glad I did. It's like that old story of the uh, the kid who, who wants to go fight in the war and he falls off a horse, breaks his leg, everybody in the war. So he can't go. And then everybody in the war dies. That's how YouTube felt. <laughs> And how has life changed since a Netflix special? I mean, that's obviously today's Johnny Carson hit. You know, I mean, that's that's the golden goose of being a stand-up. I mean, has, has anything changed for you in the last month or so? Well, you know, you, for me, it's just about selling tickets and then getting the respect from other comedians. You just want to be known as a decent comic. There's a lot of comics who are blowing up right now, and I'm not going to say any names, but no one actually <laughs> thinks they're that funny or talented right. or, or original. And uh, you just want that respect. So I got a lot of love from some some real comedy heroes of mine. And that that was really nice. That meant a lot to me. Besides Seinfeld and Norm MacDonald, Richard Pryor, who were some of your other guys? George Carlin. Uh, Carlin was huge. Groucho Marx, Greg Giraldo, Dave Attell, Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle's old stuff I love. Uh, Chris Rock was huge for me. I loved old Ellen. I loved Paula Poundstone. Right. Um, yeah, and there's, and there's a crop of comics now that are amazing. I, I was reading a lot about your a lot of your interviews growing up, and I couldn't o always tell because I'm not the swiftest guy in the room what you were making up and what was true. Now, is it true about the transvestite nanny? Oh yeah, oh yeah, Enos, big black guy in a wig and high heels. <laughs> he did burlesque at night. And your parents must have been very, very progressive. Oh my God, to a fault. Like my my bike would get stolen and they would go, well, they need it more than we do. And I'm yeah, like, well, all yeah. right, well, I get it, but I have no bike, lady. So there was a lot of that growing up. And oh, and your house, you would be constantly getting robbed? I mean, you would like in, walk in and go, oh, there's some dude in my kitchen just taking my father's computer. Yeah, yeah. I walked in on a couple robberies. Terrifying way to grow up. You know, you're in a, in a poor black neighborhood. You're the white family, so everyone thinks you're loaded. But we weren't. And so we had this big alarm system that would go, woo, 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 woo. And I would just be in bed at midnight just going, oh, my God, there's somebody in the house. It, it was – I think that's why I'm so skittish. Your skittishness works – you know, it's interesting. You're – I'm going to try and articulate the, the, your style as I see it. You're kind of like an everyman, and you're up there, and you're you're doing very contemporary stuff, but actually in an old – zinger 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 style also it's just kind of oh. you're, you're bringing a lot of worlds together there and i i just think you're great man i really do i, I appreciate it. yeah well it's i'm scared of silence so all these people who tell these long stories or pontificate they sit on the stool i'm not knocking it i just can't do it i i, I don't have the security to do that I, i'm freaking out i feel like i have to get every joke it's joke by joke you know i could lose them at any moment and uh, I got heckled a lot when I started. I think I'm very non-threatening. So I try to keep hammering so they don't have time to heckle. Your first open mic night 
in Louisiana. You you went a bunch of times. You quit, you didn't even have the balls to get up on stage. And finally, yeah. you're drunk. You get up there. Talk to me about that moment. You're up on stage, first time in front of people, completely naked, not literally, but metaphorically. Take me back there. Wow. First of all, you know more about me than my father, which is- You uh, know, I, I, I find in this interview thing, if you do your homework, you may be a little bit better at it. I mean, as opposed to, hey, so Mark, tell me about comedy. <laughs> What's your process? How do you come yeah. up with material? You're right. Were you always funny? All right. So I appreciate that. It, it's, it's not going unnoticed. Uh, yeah, so it was, I don't know, 2006, Lafayette, Louisiana. I was going to LSU in Baton Rouge. So uh, we I wanted to drive a couple hours away because I didn't want to see anyone I knew. I wanted to be fresh. I was too ashamed. I was too embarrassed. And I went up and got really drunk before on a bunch of vodka sodas. and went up, and I had a yeast infection at the time. Wait, wait, and, you got guys get yeast infections? I didn't know well, that. Well, they call it jock itch. Okay, all right. Uh, we'll just thing. say say it like it is. Okay, jockey. Okay, right. okay, right. I got it from. I was dating a soccer player. She was a pretty hot lady. Right. And, hate uh, hate, hate she, when that happens. Hate when that. Happens. I know she was. She was uh, kind of a hippy dippy. She wasn't big into the showering. So I got her fungal, and uh, I talked <laughs> about the yeast infection on stage, and it was working. And I I just loved it immediately. We did a little comedy meeting before with all the comics. Like you're first, you're second. Here's how you, you got to do five minutes. I loved every minute. I loved the whole thing, the whole process. I felt like I was home immediately. It was my first open mic ever. And But the problem is the guy lit me. He hits you with a flashlight, meaning you have one minute left. I didn't know what that meant. So I just was like, oh, this guy. I thought it was like a concert, like with the lighter, like, <laughs> oh, I'm killing. And then I kept going long. So he's, he cut the mic. He just told the DJ to cut the mic. So now I'm like, oh, the mic broke. So now I'm yelling. Because I just like, hey, the show must go on. And now he's on the side of the stage going, get the, get the fuck off, get, right? Get the hell off, you idiot. And I was like, oh, geez. So I probably did about eight or nine minutes. But uh, I don't remember much of it, but I had a blast. And I went back every week after that. Now, I've never met your wife, but I, I love her just hearing this story, that, that she went to one of your shows. She's a fellow comedian, May. She went to one of your shows on a date uh -huh. and then DM'd you. I mean, that's my kind of woman. That got to love that. She's a great gal. She's a, she's a bold lady. She's a real brazen coos, you know? What, was, and, what, uh, what, did she, what did she say in the DM? Well, I did a bit about anxiety. I can't remember the bit. It's just so long ago. Uh, and then she DM'd me something something about anxiety like she she kind of quoted the bit and then added on to it and i remember being like wow that was really clever because i don't know if you ever did the dating apps there donnie but no, uh i haven't tell me about it tell me about well there's it. An, a dating app called bumble bumble that's where, the one where the, where the women reach out yes exactly and i i don't want to trash the the fairer sex here but they're horrible at at initiating conversation and flirting Right. They're good at they're good at letting you do it and then going back, but they're not good at initiating as a as generalization as a group. I'm generalizing, but it was always like, "So, how's your Tuesday?" I'm like, "That's all you got, bitch. Come on. You you want to you want to get this dick? You got to you got to throw some magic work at me." for a little bit, right? Yeah, but they're they're lucky as they have the vagina, so you know I, I obviously was like my Tuesday's great. <laughs> I know it's the power of that vagina is just it, it what the shit that we'll do. 
yes. and say and behave. It is just it. And and by the way, I'm I'm significantly older than you. It doesn't fucking change. It gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. Well, you're very virile. You you seem like a sexual dynamo. I, I can well, really that, see you. That's what I tell myself. That's what I tell myself. Yeah, you look great. Um, you two you are handsome. A home there, it looks like. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out in East Hampton. I'm out in East. Hampton. I don't even know where the fuck I live. I'm in Bridgehampton with all the fancy people out here. Wow, man, living yeah. the dream. Good for you, DD. Living the dream. I've worked hard, man, just like you. I've worked hard. So, are there any night? I, you know, I'm, I'm watching you, and I'm kind of thinking. And you go, you, you're special, and you're doing an hour. An hour is a lot of material. I mean, yeah. are you ever up there? And, and I'm like, the, the dumb part of me goes like, how do you even remember all this shit? You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> like, it's an hour. It's just like 87,000 jokes. Are you ever yeah. up on stage and you kind of just lose it? And you're like, what? Oh, wait, oh, wait, where am I? What am I doing? What am I supposed to be saying? A little. What, what gets you is the the multiple shows in a night. So you do two shows, three shows a night, and you're like, have I said this? Did I do this part already? That's where you get wound up. But the memorizing is easy because a you wrote it and b each joke should kind of daisy obviously it goes into the other one right right into right. the next one so it should transition like an Elliot Page right into the next <laughs> zinger uh, you got here's your gay stuff here's your women stuff here's your black stuff here's your Jew stuff here's your Mexican whatever it is dog family car so it should kind of chain together. And, uh, yeah, you, you just go up and do it at, at the Funny Bone in Cleveland and you get fucking French fries thrown at you. So you've said it in every horrible environment. So it just burns into your brain. Give me the low moment. Give me the place. Give me the time of night. Give me the hecklers. Give me what they were saying where you're going like, I can't fucking do this. I'm going to punch somebody. Well, there's so many. There's too bad. How long is this pod? I mean, just <laughs> the, the sleeping on floors, the in the shower going, why did I say that? God, I suck. Uh, just the, the the times you froze up up there. I mean, there's so many. The, the hecklers. I got heckled once by this big, giant, fat guy. And I said, well, you're going to die soon. And the whole crowd went, ah. And this guy got up and he's like, you're a bad man. And I'm like, I don't know. You heckled me. I didn't know what to do. I felt horrible. I apologized immediately. I caved. I mean, so you many apologize. Women. I'm surprised you apologize because that's kind of not in your brand. I mean, it's kind of take no well, prisoners, whole, you know. The whole 500-seat audience turns on you. They're like, boo, that was too far, man. I'm like, all right, I'm sorry. I don't know what the hell. He's, he's interrupting the show. What about him? And, you know, now we're having a fucking debate back and forth at a goddamn chuckle hut in Poughkeepsie. Chuckle hut. So, you know, there's just so many bad nights, uh, so many nights where I got too drunk and I shouldn't have gone on. I mean, uh, a woman heckling you and you're like, just don't say cunt, don't say cunt. And then you're like, you fucking cunt. And then, you know, that, that ruins it. Uh, just just uh, some tough missed flights, missed gigs, uh, driving eight hours for a spot. And they're like, oh, yeah, we, we made the wrong booking. You're actually next week. And you're like, oh, I've had all that. It's the traveling that's. I I don't miss. I'm kind of. I don't really. I used to run my ad agency. I don't do that anymore. I hated the fucking traveling. You said that also. It's just like there's nothing worse than traveling for business. I mean, if you could just like be there doing. I used to love working with clients. I love doing TV. I love. But if I have to get on a fucking plane to go somewhere, I want to shoot myself. Yeah, it's the steps. It's the getting yeah. the Uber, then yeah. getting to the terminal, then doing security, then finding your gate, then boarding. I mean, it's just. It's too much. That's what really gets you. Like, I don't mind going to do it. I get it. I need to fly somewhere. But all those just steps like a special needs kid or an alcoholic, too many steps. <laughs> and 
uh, that's what gets you that, that, but I've learned to kind of zombie out. I just kind of go turn the brain off and just get into the seat and then you can kind of check back in. But that, that's the hard part. I get the private thing. I'm not a fly private guy. I don't have that kind of money, but I get it just because it's, oh, man, you show it, up, it you get is. on the plane, you fly. You've done Joe Rogan show 11 times. What I mean, Rogan and you have like a bromance going on. Talk to me about Joe. I, I've never met Joe. Um, he's obviously a very talented guy, but uh, I'm, I'm curious how you guys came together. Well, I think he just likes comics uh, who, are, who are doing the work and uh, who are, are uh, hopefully funny. And I've only done it a few times by myself, but we do the Protect Our Parks. And that's mm. we've done like eight times or nine times. We're doing another one next week. Uh, that's where we just get drunk. And there seems to be a void in comedy of just like a bunch of idiots being silly, getting drunk, saying crazy stuff, not being preachy or political or whatever. And uh, like they used to have Opie and Anthony, you used to have tough crowd where these guys would get together and just get crazy and be silly. And he's kind of brought that back with protect our parks. It, it feels kind of necessary. So what's a, a, a day in your life? Because you, obviously we see the bits, we see you on stage, but you're filling up your days. So yeah. what are you doing all day long? I mean, to get <laughs> to get to the night, because it's like got to be an interesting day. I got a, I got a, a fun fun schedule. Every day is different, which I like. Variety is to me is what the, the, the routine will kill you. The variety I need. That's why I like the road. Hey, I'm in, I'm in St. Louis today. How about that? You know, and then the next day, hey, I'm in uh, Denver. But... For me, on a Monday in New York City, I wake up at about 10, 10.30. I do some push-ups. I do some squats. Then I go straight to a podcast because I have two of them, and you got to right. bank them. You got to bank them. Got to bank them. Going em. on the road. Yeah. You know yeah, how you're, it is. You're, you're going to air in February. I mean, you know. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Biden will be dead by the time right. this comes out. So, uh, yeah, you got to bank the pods. I probably do two or three a day. And then I try to get home and, and write, do some writing for the show. And I have usually three or four sets that night at all the comedy clubs around the city because I got to just hammer that material and, and build new sh new hours. And uh, that's then I'll maybe have a drink and have sex with the wife and call it a night. Any kids in the future? Yeah, I think so. Maybe uh, maybe in a couple of years. That's one of the beauties of being a, a heterosexual male. Yes. I mean, Mick Jagger just had a kid. I thought, speaking of heterosexual, I don't know why my mind went to this, but I, Fox News, which is obviously not my favorite, I doubt it's yours either. One yeah. of the commentators, I thought this was amazing, Jesse Waters was talking about the Trump mugshot. And his point mm. that he was making was that he looked good. And he goes, my qualifications as a heterosexual are well known, but I have to say, Trump really looks good there. Like, he couldn't say <laughs> a guy, forget saying that Trump looks good is a weird thing. I just found that the most bizarre thing. And I, I just struck me that do we still live in a day and age where a man needed to qualify that he was just heterosexual before he could say another man looks good yeah that's hilarious and also he looks good he looks like shit he's a yeah. 79 year old guy what the hell are you talking about his hair is wispy he's got makeup on it's disgusting now, yeah, you don't do, you don't you do very little politics if i mean you you snuck hunter biden in into your last special but yeah. almost no political stuff which being interesting because you're so topical and today, it's hard to be topical without drifting in. Now, you get into the transgender stuff, but you don't go anywhere politically with it. Yes, I think, it, well, it's just enough's enough. And I think uh, we're so divided. So if I can stay down the middle, I can. I feel like I can get more audience. Because uh, the, the joke should come first. I think the comedy should come first. Like, Hunter Biden 
doing blow is funny, but it's not yeah. really political. So I can go into that realm, but I don't. I don't want to go. He's got a laptop, and we should check it out. And I, like that. Now you're off on a on a whole angry, opinionated rant. I had Hunter Biden on the podcast. Very nice what? guy. Very. Yeah, I had him on about a year ago, and wow. he's just like he's just like a frat bro. You know, I mean, you could see this guy. You you feel for him. He's obviously a troubled guy. Sure. But he was a guy you want to party with. You know, what I, mean? I want to party with him. He was just that guy. You know. I love it. Good for him. Yeah, I'd love to do some 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 nose candy with that uh, president's son. And Don Jr.'s a, a blowhead, too. What a douchebag. What an absolute <laughs> douchebag. I mean, I, I've known these Trumps for years. He's just, you just want to punch the guy. I mean, yeah, I, just, I call he, them both cocaine bears. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the younger one, another genius also. <laughs> yeah, you see, I don't even know about this. You, you know more than me. I, I try to stay a distance. So what's so you're in St. Louis? Take me through your day tonight on the road because it's a different thing. So you're in St. Louis. You're playing the Chuckle Fat. By the way, who names these comedy clubs? Very unfunny. All the names of these comedy clubs. They're all Looney Bin, Bonkers, Funny Bone, it's right. Zanies. They're all very cheesy. And so what's so you're in St. Louis? T- take me through your day today and up until the up until the gig tonight. Well, the road is fun because I have no obligations. You know, like uh, you wake up hungover at eleven. And you're like, woo, I got the whole day to myself. I'm in a hotel room. I can see the city. I can get breakfast with my opener. I can do some writing. I can check my phone. The world is your oyster. In New York, I'm, I'm on a treadmill yeah. or a hamster wheel. So I love that part of the road. But then I like to, the show's at 8. I like to get to the venue at 7.30, get my act together, literally. Uh, we order food. The food shows up right when you get off stage. You, you you sit with the other comics, the host and the opener, and you go, "What worked? What didn't?" And now you're kind of working out the act. What you're 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 applying notes, and then uh, you you have a couple cocktails. You go home. Do you find it's interesting? We talked about Jerry, and I know Jerry, and I've had dinner with him a few times with the group. You find yourself when I'm with comedians, you find yourself trying to be funny, and they don't want you to be funny. Uh-huh. Stop, like don't don't be funny. Be a civilian, and yet yeah. you feel. And do you find with people now when you're with civilians, I'll call them civilians, people trying to be funny with you and you're like, just don't fucking be funny. I'm the funny one. That's okay. I got it. I don't need funny. Yeah, look, I like funny people. And if, you, if you're funny, I say go be funny. But the trying to be funny is tough. And the, the worst part is the, the zinging. They'll try to ball bust you because they're like, oh, right. he's a comedian. He wants me to mess with him. So they'll be like, hey, you fucking homo piece of shit. I <laughs> fucked your wife. And you're like... Huh? Wait, what? And he's like, I'm joking. I'm like, oh, all right. I don't know you. I, I don't know. I didn't know you were joking. So th- that part is tough. I, I mind that way more than trying to be funny. And when it, let's promote the Europe gig a little bit. When is that starting? European starts on September 6th. We're going to Lisbon, baby. So I'm doing protect our parks and flying straight to Lisbon with a hangover. Now, a, a dumb question. A, a lot of your stuff is... Does I'm not trying to say this the right way. Is there any trans? I don't mean literal translation issues, but as you go around the world, and I, I know you just did Australia and New Zealand recently, are there any kind of nuances you've got to shake or move, or it's just it's one language and it works across the world? Yeah, that's a good question because uh, some things I might change from a subway to a bus, obviously, you know, right, 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 stuff like that. And then I have a joke about having sex with animals, and I say bone in. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a term over there, bone in. So there's little things like that where I, I have to get there and just do my research. I'll, I'll talk to the concierge at the hotel. I'll talk to the Uber driver and just, just grill them. Like, do you say this? Do you say that? Do you have Uber here? Whatever it is. So 
that's that kind of stuff I'm nervous about. But they're so into American culture, like these European cities. They know more about American politics than I do. Yeah. My favorite, I don't know what made me think of it when I talked about international, the international language. My favorite bit was when you start talking about HBO and the streaming services, how they have categories now. And you're like, fucking Pornhub got that years and years ago. Oh, now, thanks. That's, that struck a nerve with me for some reason. Because <laughs> you one... can type in any, any, I remember years ago, when I had my show on CBC interviewing the president of Vivid Entertainment, they were the big oh, yeah. video makers. He goes, you name a fantasy, we got it. Ah. Peg leg dwarfs, threesome, Venezuela, we got it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they did it for, and they never get credit for being inclusive and progressive and interracial, transgender, uh, you name it, kids. If you, if you look right, they got everything, fat people, skinny people, white, black, gay, um, and they get no love for being, they're, they're what Hollywood wants to be. Yeah, well, we're going to give him love here. Hey, man, I really appreciate your time. I'm a big fan. Keep killing it, man. You're, you're knocking it out of the park. Hey, thank you, Double D. It's a, it was a fun to be here, and thanks for doing the goddamn research. You know, that is, it is, I get that a lot, and it's a compliment, which that leads me to believe, how are people not doing, like, do you not come to work? Like, you're talking to somebody. Don't you want to know about, as much about them before you talk to them? That doesn't happen, huh? You'd be shocked how many podcasts go, so what's going on with you? And they're just sitting there, and you have to fill the whole time. And you're like, whose pod is this? Right. But you, you, you ask good questions, so I appreciate it. And appreciate praise it. Praise Allah. Stay well. I hope I get to meet you in person one of these days. man. I will definitely come to one of your shows next time you're in New York, and I will come backstage. They won't let me, but I'll try and come backstage and see you, all right? I'll tell them you're my dad. We'll get you right in. <laughs> Thank you, bro. You stay well, all right? Thank you, Donnie. Comedy. Comedy.